This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself. Null and Void, a piece of tape podcasted network production. I used to love long car rides. When I was a kid, my mom would pile me and my brother into her shitty minivan and drive the two of us to Long Island, New York, so we could spend the summer with our grandma. It was a 14-hour drive, and I loved every minute of it. We would leave early in the morning before the sun came up, and I would just read. I could go through five books, six if I was really pushing it. Mom had NPR or some other boring talk show. I had my books. My brother would always pass out the moment we got on the highway. Not me. I would stay up, desperately trying to read words between the beams of passing streetlights. There was this stretch of highway out at the very tip of Long Island where all you can see for miles is sand and prairie grass. Just over the horizon were the soft blinking red lights against an evening sky. It used to fill me with such excitement. It meant 12 weeks away from home, building sandcastles on the beach and hiding between stacks of books at the library. But now, as I watched the blinking lights scattered across the star-speckled sky, I was only filled with a nervous energy. As we trekked across the cluster of rocks a few miles from the road, we could see the fire raging on the distant horizon. As we reached the peak, I paused, taking a moment to take it all in. In front of us lay more desert, but a few yards out was a single tree standing tall and bright against the flat land. Why is there a maple tree out here? Why is it glowing? Only one way to find out. You made it. She threw her arms around me and all my stress just melted away. She was actually here. With her, we could actually put an end to whatever Void Networks was up to. Hey, Adelaide. Who are your friends, Piper? I'm Nikki. That's Chris. You actually saved us a few months back. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't remember you. You don't remember us? I didn't realize we were that forgettable. No, I'm sorry. Things are a bit fuzzy at the moment. The others are so far away and I'm having a bit of trouble connecting. Wait, which others? You aren't working alone? I am. Sort of. Are there others like you? No, others is the wrong word. They're all me, but that's not what's important. Hold on. I'd say that's important. How can there be multiple yous? I don't know. I only know that I am an Adelaide, but there are other Adelaides that are also me, but not me. How? How is that possible? I am not sure. I am only aware of my existence and the existence of myself. So, are you the same Adelaide that I met at the bus stop? All iterations of Adelaide that you have encountered thus far have been this current version of me. Christ, current version? What are you, a robot? Do you get an upgrade every time you make a phone call? Not an upgrade. 
Every version of me is an individual Adelaide, but we all have access to all our individual experiences and memories. Like the cloud. Precisely. Now, do you want me to tell you what I know about Void Networks? So they did cause this? Mm, they had a hand in it, yes, but in truth, Void Networks is only the shell. There are many forces at work beneath the surface. The royal family. Exactly. So why have they been doing this? How does killing innocent people make them any money? You use Void Networks for your cellular service, yes? Well, yeah, but they're the only cell service in town. They're literally the only choice for miles. They're the only choice for hundreds of small towns across the continent. That's how they can get away with charging people $100 a month for cell service. Not to mention however much it is for cable. And what happens after you die? Humans have been asking that question for centuries now, Adelaide. I don't mean in a spiritual sense. I mean what happens after a person dies. The world continues on, and their loved ones must pick up the pieces of their life in the wake of their loved one's absence. Their families have to sell the house, cancel leases and contracts, insurances. Okay. I still don't get it. Usually, companies will waive an early cancellation fee if you can provide a death certificate. Right like any moral company should. The morals of society don't really constrain the amoral behavior of a legal, profit-seeking corporation. Unless it's an independent business owner, chances are it's an ethically immoral company. And even then, who knows? Wait, what? She means we need to eat the rich. So Void Networks isn't canceling contracts if someone dies? So what? Think about the people in this town. If you were suddenly saddled with the death of a loved one and you also had to pay their phone bill... I couldn't swing that. I'm already working overtime every week and barely scraping by. And a nurse isn't exactly the highest paying gig. Yikes. Overdraft fees alone will kill you. Yeah, but you can just cancel the contract, right? Who says you have to keep paying it? Have you seen Void Network's cancellation fees? It isn't pretty or cheap. It honestly might be less expensive to keep paying until the contract's up. I also believe they're raising prices on outgoing calls just before those accidents happen. Hold up. Isn't that illegal? Price gouging is illegal, yes, but it's really hard to prove that it's happening if they raise prices before the disaster even happens. Oh my god. So the larger the accident, the more people trying to contact loved ones in emergency services, plus a higher death toll, which means more money and cancellation fees, plus however much they're making per call. Death is expensive, especially to the right people. Hold on. That can't be all. It just doesn't make sense. Why would they kill off paying customers? Wouldn't they make more money if they just kept the contracts running for as long as possible? This is all just a theory. If there's another reason, I haven't found it yet. I need to spend a bit more time digging through the bits of Void Network system that I can access. Wait, how on earth did Void Networks cause an earthquake halfway across the world? I get stuff happening in town, but I was in Puerto Rico when that shit hit. The King Company has a geothermal plant off the coast of Venezuela. If my hunch is correct, they may have been able to induce seismic activity by dramatically shifting the tectonic plates in that region. 
I detected some energy spikes around that area minutes before the earthquake began. All signs point to them. Bullshit! You've gotta be kidding me. I'm gonna call Dodger. They should probably hear this. Don't. Don't use your phone. Why not? Void Networks has access to our cell phone data. They are already aware that I've contacted you. Keep your phone off when discussing anything important. Let's not give them any more information. So, how can we stop them? We could report them, you know, like, send this info to news stations and try to expose them? I don't actually have physical evidence. I haven't been able to access any of their research data. And why's that? We haven't completely moved over to digital yet. The higher-ups have the interns scanning the really old files into our system first. They also have a pretty advanced firewall. It prevents me from manifesting physically within their offices. You've got to be fucking kidding me. So how do you know that's what they're doing? You've been able to call us before these accidents actually happen. How do you know? Void Networks keeps most of their stuff offline, yes, but when they actually need to raise call prices, it needs to be done digitally. There's a code that goes out with encrypted location data attached to it. Most times, I can find that code, decrypt the data, and use that to work backwards through their logs. Unfortunately, the initial code changes each time they send it out, so I'm not always able to access the information or notice the code right away. That's why I need Viper. She can access those files in person without being seen as a threat. They'll underestimate her. I've tried to keep a low profile so far, I suggest you three do the same, or there will be trouble. And is that what happened to Marcus? They thought he was a threat? Marcus. Do you remember Marcus? I do. All, all Adelaides do. What happened to him was unfortunate. Unfortunate? Chris. No, hold on. Unfortunate. That's all you have to say. Adelaide, they found his body torn to shreds out in the middle of the desert. He was strung up and left to die in a thousand degree heat. That's not unfortunate, Adelaide. That's a fucking lynching. And it's all your fault. My fault. Now, hold on. We don't know. We do. The last message we received from him said that Adelaide was coming and that this was going to get him killed. I didn't kill him. I tried to save him. Oh yeah? And how'd that work out for you? Chris, you have no idea what you're talking about. Then let us help. We want to help. You can't help. If you help, you die. Just like Marcus. So it's okay for Piper to get involved but as soon as we try, it's too much. You are not Piper. She is more involved in this than you are. Bullshit. She may be low profile, but I doubt she could save anyone. Excuse me? Guys, all right, that's enough. Fuck you, Chris. I'm not worthless. Please. I didn't say you were worthless. I just meant that- No, no. You know what? You're right. I'm just fooling myself. I haven't fought a war. 
I don't know shit about saving anyone. I'm not a nurse. I don't work in IT. I barely went to college. It takes me hours to work up the motivation to get out of bed or eat or do anything or save anyone. I'm fucking worthless. Thanks, Chris. Glad to know you're on my side. I'm on your side. I'm not on Adelaide's side. Maybe we should all just take a breath. Adelaide? What? Where'd she go? She just disappeared. Her tree is gone, too. I guess reception really is that bad out here. Chris, where are you going? Back to the car. I'm so done with all this freaky shit. Chris, Adelaide needs our help. No, you heard her. She needs Piper's help. Adelaide doesn't give a shit about who we are. Chris! Nikki, it's fine. Let's just go home. The drive back was deathly silent. Nikki dropped me off, mumbled something about texting me later, and drove off before I made it up the front steps. I spent the rest of the night just lying in bed, boring holes into my ceiling, replaying everything over and over again until the rising sun cast beams of light across my walls. I got up with enough time to walk into work and even managed to arrive with a few minutes to spare. The air was thick with smoke. After twelve straight hours, the fire was finally out, but the echo of it still lingered, a gray hush over the town. The silence seemed to permeate the office. My supervisor in a hushed voice ushered me upstairs. Chiron wanted to see me. Turns out, he had revamped the entire top floor into his own personal lair. A terrified intern rushed into the elevator as I stepped off it. She looked like she was going to cry. Poor girl. You summoned me? Hmm? Uh, Oh, yes, Miss Lee, come in. Uh, Shut the door behind you, if you don't mind. I need you to sign this. What's this? I thought I was just signing a confidentiality contract. Originally, yes, but seeing as your phone records indicate that you contacted Adelaide merely moments after our discussion in the elevator... I added a no-contact agreement. I was just- I don't have time to listen to your excuses, Miss Lee. I'm a very busy man. Uh, But a generous one. I'm willing to forgive the transgression in the event that you sign this simple contract and adhere to the conditions laid forth in it. Simple? There's over a hundred pages here. It just states that you agree to a no-contact order whereby neither you nor Adelaide may have any contact with each other. In person, or through another party, by telephone, letter, email, other electronic media, or by any other means. In exchange for the avoidance of Adelaide, we will provide you with any and all information we have on the entity known as Adelaide. Barring a few redactions to keep identities private, of course. Wow, this is... a lot. I assure you, this is standard procedure. I'm the worst at reading legalese. Do I need to sign this right now? I won't force you to sign it right away, but there is a time limit on my offer. And if I don't agree to these terms? Well, Miss Lee, if you choose not to sign, Void Networks will have to reevaluate your dedication to this company. You're going to fire me? You'll be evaluated, and if we find that your interests do not align with ours, your employment in this company may indeed be terminated. Well, that's bullshit. I understand your frustration, but this issue is non-negotiable. 
Now, if you don't plan on signing it, please leave my office. I have a lot of work to do. All right, fine. Whatever. I'll look it over and let you know. Perfect. Thank you. Oh, and Miss Lee. Yes? I do hope you choose to work with us. Adelaide is dangerous, and I hate to think what would happen to you if you choose to work with her. How exactly is she dangerous? She is a highly intelligent AI with the ability to physically manifest. She's ruthless and possesses a very skewed sense of morality. And she will most certainly get you in trouble. I mean, I could say a lot of that about you. Well, thank you, Miss Lee. But why does she scare you? She does not scare me, Miss Lee. She concerns me. You, however, should be scared. There was a young gentleman, a dear friend and employee that used to work for this company. Adelaide also encouraged him to stick his nose where it did not belong and gave the intention of the wrong people. When they inevitably came for him, she left him to the wolves. I simply do not wish to see you meet the same fate. Who are these wrong people? Hey, boss. Your favorite slugger is back. Ah, <laughs> Miss McCarthy. Welcome back. You miss me? Mr. Royal says hi, by the way. Wants to make sure you aren't getting into more trouble. Hey, who's this? Oh, I'm Piper. Oh, I she was just leaving. Miss Lee, uh, please have that file on my desk by the end of the week, or I will consider it null and void. Oh, yeah. Sure. Can do. Miss McCarthy, it's good to see you again. Please have a seat. A lot has happened while you were away. Here's the contract Chiron gave me. He says if I don't sign it, they're going to fire me. You still want to work with them? After what they've done? Of course I don't. But I don't really have any other options. I don't have much in the way of savings, and rent still needs to be paid. I've been putting my resume out there, but I haven't gotten any calls back. Plus, Adelaide still wants you working for Void Networks. Well, that too. I guess Chris filled you in? Nikki did, actually. Chris was a bit upset. Yeah, well, he's not the only one. Ugh, what should I do about this contract? I've been trying to make heads or tails of it all week. Well, from what I can make sense of, I think it's pretty straightforward. You quit all contact with Adelaide, you get to keep your job. It does note that if she finds you, it's not a breach of contract, only if you engage in any sort of communication. We could probably find some sort of workaround. There's another thing. I think Chiron knew Marcus. Oh? He mentioned someone who used to work for Void Networks who also got involved with Adelaide. Said Adelaide made him stick his nose where it didn't belong, and the wrong people went after him. That sounds about right. Marcus did work there. He was a janitor. What if you worked with Chiron? I do work for him. No, I mean, what if you joined him against Adelaide, but were really a double agent for us? Why would I want to help them? I don't even want to work for them. Why would I want to work with them? Because we have no idea what they're going to do next, and having a person, an actual person, on the inside will be beneficial. Wouldn't that just be sticking my nose where it doesn't belong? Kind of. But this time is different. This time you have us. Do I? Maybe. At the very least, you have me. Nolan Void was written by Cole Burkhardt and edited by Sterling Ray and Amber Holtz. The episode you just heard was sound designed by Jonesy Jones and features the voices of Winona Wyatt as Piper, 
Danielle Ellett as Adelaide, Azul Nova as Dodger, Sina Breyer as Nikki, Evan Saft as Chris, PJ Canis as Chiron, and Marcy Hobbs as Hurley. The episode was made possible by our chief executive officers, Katie Humans, Amara Augustine, Daniel Sang, Ann Baird, and Hannah Wright. 